Hello and welcome to the Monroe Mythic Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 34. Now, I'm having a bit of trouble here because something popped into my head about the podcast. I remembered that I hadn't shared an episode on Friday because I usually share. So when I release these on a Friday, I share it to my Instagram stories and I add it to my podcast highlights. And then that way people can tap through them in the future if they want to. And I went through this little phase where I was quite far in advance with the podcasts and I genuinely thought I had done this one, not just this one, the other one that I've missed. I'm two behind. So today I am recording two episodes. So two of them are going to appear if you are someone that subscribes to this and gets notified when they come out. So today we are going to talk about why 80% of diets fail. Now that isn't, it's not a an official figure, it's just what people say, right? You've probably heard that before. People say, oh, 80% of diets fail or studies show that 85% of people that lose weight put it back on again. But let's talk about that in a bit more detail once I've had a sip of my coffee because my throat's a bit tickly. Ah, right. It's very unfair to say that 80% of diets fail because to be able to say that we have to we have to then assume that all diets in the world or all things designed to help people lose weight are the same and that's just not how it works is it it is not a level playing field so <laughs> when you think about dieting in general, dieting for most people is something that they do in order to change their weight before going back to normal. So I know we spoke about this before, but the word diet has two definitions. One is the one that I just said, something that you do for a little while to achieve a goal and then stop. Then the other definition is the types of foods a, co- a community or person habitually consumes, right? So whatever you are doing today, whatever you've had for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, alcohol, coffee, everything that you have is your diet. And it doesn't matter if you're following a diet or not, everybody has a diet all of the time. And that includes the one that you're following when you're gaining weight and feeling rubbish and all the rest of it. And it includes the one that you follow when you're trying to make a change to your weight right? Everyone has a diet. Now, when it comes to saying 80% of diets fail, what you have, and again, I'm just going to throw around some made up numbers because they're not far away. And I reckon from my experience that it is balanced like this. But if you think about, so think about me, for example, I I am very much in in the minority of people that want to help you and never have to help you again. How many people, even if I'll just ask you that question, how many people do you know in, I don't want to say the diet industry because I don't consider myself to be in that, but I'm attached to it and that's where my clients come from. But if you think about it, think about the diet industry. How many people or plans or programs do you know or have you heard of that 
actually tell you from the very outset that their goal is to help you once and help you so well that they never have to help you again. Very few people make that claim. Now, it's not a claim as such. It's also not a promise. It's a mission statement, I would say, or a goal statement type thing. Like, that's what my my work ethos is. Ethos? 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 Uh, is I want to help people and help them so well during the brief time that I have them so that they never need help again. That's my ultimate goal. Now, does that work out with every person? Of course not. In my younger days, when I was very naive and I first launched Monroe, or even when I was just putting it together back in 2017, I had these wild dreams and ideas that every single person that came into contact with me was going to be a miraculous transformation story. And that just was not the case because what did I not factor in for? Yes, I might have a great process. I might have great intentions. I might have the skills and the knowledge and everything to help people. But what did I not factor into the equation? People. I did not factor human behavior into it. And you can't account for human behavior. It does not matter how how great things are, how much something works. Not everyone is going to get along with it. It's not going to be the right time for everyone. And some people genuinely don't want to lose weight or they do, just not enough to have to follow through on the things to achieve it. They like the idea of it and they hope that you were going to come out with some miraculous thing that required little effort and would help them lose weight. And it didn't happen. Anyway, I soon realised that I was not going to be able to absolutely transform the lives of every single person I came into contact with. So I I, I realised that my, my goal then was to be a positive stepping stone on someone's journey towards better health, right? And that's the way that I look at it. Um, when you work in the health space, this is more the kind of thing that medical doctors adhere to, but the, th- the first thing they are taught is, number one, do no harm. and That does not mean directly causing harm to someone. It also means not giving people terrible advice. Not So like recently I had a personal trainer contact me for help with a nutrition client. And my God, she was talking about cheat meals and bad foods and good foods. And she was like, yeah, and obviously I'm telling her not to eat this and not to eat that. I'm like, fucking, what do you mean obviously? You know, you're giving out terrible nutrition advice. Please, you know, why can't this person lose weight was the question. I'm like, because you're filling their head with their head with shit. You are ruining that person with your nutrition advice. Stop it, please. So the number one rule when it comes to health is do no harm. And anyway, that's that's where I operate, right? And it's about if you can't take someone all the way to the finish line, you take them some of the way. And you take them steps closer to where they want to be. Anyway, back to the point. When you think about it, how many people, plans, programs, coaches, whatever, do you know, have you seen, have you heard of that actually tell you that that's what their goal is in the very beginning? Not many. Shall we say 20%? What about the 80%? In fact, it doesn't even feel like 20% to me. I, I live and work in this space, right? So I'm, I surround myself with people that are like me. So when I did my nutritionist qualification, 
I still keep in touch with many of the people that were on my course. I'm really good friends with some of my tutors from the time. And they are people. So I'm I'm surrounded by people in this space. But at the same time, it's not difficult to see that we are massively outnumbered by everything else on the outside, right? Everyone else on the outside is trying to help you shift a bit of weight. And that's it. There are no promises. There are no, we're going to, you know, change your life. We're going to solve all your problems. There, you know, you're never going to do this again. You're never going to do that again. It's not about that. It's, oh, it's June and summer's coming. How would you like to look great in a bikini? That's it. Their, you know, as their advice and their help is going to take you as far as your week in Mallorca at the end of July. And after that, it's just back to normal again. So back to the point. 80% of diets fail. Yes, I would agree. But 80% of diets are, and this is the mind-blowing bit, 80% of diets are designed to fail. Think about that for a moment. Just take a moment to consider it. Because this is one of those light bulb moments that could transform, I don't want to say the rest of your life because that's dramatic, but it's one of those light bulb moments that could transform your dieting future. When you realize that the people, the plans, the programs, the coaches that you are giving money to have designed a process to lead to your intentional failure. Now, this is kind of sketchy because you need to know what the difference between success and failure is when it comes to our weight. So weight loss failure to me is when someone sets out with the intention of losing weight to the way that I want people to do it, right? They they want to lose weight and they want to learn everything along the way. They want to go through the lifestyle change, right? They don't just want the diet, they want the lifestyle change, which is what a lot of things promise and don't provide. So someone follows Slimming World, they do well, they lose the weight they want to lose, and then they stop going to the meetings and then they put the weight back on. That to me is a weight is a weight loss failure. Now that doesn't mean that gaining weight is a failure. And this is really important to understand because I have worked with plenty of people who I have taken to their goal weights and then have put weight back on again through no fault of their own, not because they don't know how to not gain weight, not because they don't know about nutrition, but because they've gone through some big life change or some big life upset. I've had I had people from 2018 and 2019 come back and join me in 2021 and 2022 after the pandemic because no matter how much work someone did on themselves, the pandemic changed a lot of things for a lot of us. I have people returning from 2018 and 2019 who've had babies, who have moved house, who were made redundant and had to get new jobs. You know, it's it's not to gain weight does not make you a failure. To lose weight and then just put it straight back on again for no reason other than you stopped following a plan, that's what I would call a weight loss failure. Weight loss success to me is losing weight once while also transforming yourself as a person who can then go on and maintain that weight in the future. So successful weight loss to me 
It's not about losing weight. It's not about reaching a target number. It's turning, transforming yourself into the person that can live at the weight you want to be. Because that's what weight maintenance is. It's developing everything that you need to develop throughout the weight loss process, which is what I try to do with the people I work with. You know, I'm, my, the way I coach has evolved a lot over the years. And recently, the thing that I'm talking a lot about at check-ins is that, you know, I'm not really focusing on weight as much. And if I do, I highlight it and say, look, you're following the process. Your weight is coming down. I'm taking that part for granted because I know that like no one has ever followed the the Monroe method, the process that we use and not lost weight because it's impossible to be in a calorie deficit and not lose body fat. Um, so we park that to the side and we focus on the more important stuff. And I keep, you know, it's a recurring theme where I keep kind of going over that your check-ins are the most important part. It's not the weight loss. It's not what the scales are doing. It's not the calories or the macros. It's you as a person. I am reading your check-in. I'm analyzing your language. I'm gauging your intent behind your words. I'm projecting the things that you say two, three, five years into the future and asking myself the question, is this a helpful thing for this person to think? Is this a helpful word for this person to say? Is this going to be something that will contribute to their weight maintenance in the future or will it hinder them and is it something we need to raise and change and talk about or whatever anyway back to the point 80 percent of diets are designed to fail because the yo-yo diet industry cannot survive without you you have think about it the yo-yo diet industry here's a great example right I spoke recently in the group with our members about hiring your results, renting your results, or taking out a mortgage. Remember when Blockbuster was a thing and you used to be able to go and rent a DVD back in the day, if anyone's old enough to remember what DVDs are. Remember when we were kids and it was like, oh, do you remember what VHS is? We're at the point now where people don't know what CDs and DVDs are. Um... But yeah, if you remember Blockbuster, you could go and you could hire a DVD for a few nights and that was how the world worked. And then streaming came out. And now the the hiring, like, I mean, you can hire, you can hire stuff online, but like renting movies from a shop, physical movies, that's done. That industry no longer exists because people who hire movies no longer exist. So the yo-yo diet industry needs you to continually and repeatedly regain the weight that you lose. Otherwise, the industry cannot exist. The industry can't exist without a client base. So how do you ensure that you have a constant stream of customers, especially when it comes to weight loss? You know, it's... I've said this time and time again, if there is one industry in this world where we should not be looking for repeat custom, return customers, it is the diet industry. And yet that is how these plans work. So because I know most about them and they're an easy target, let's talk about Slimming World. Slimming World 
In fact, no, let's talk about Weight Watchers first. Let's talk about Richard Samber. Richard Samber was a former finance director of Weight Watchers. And he was quoted as saying, 80, is it 84%? The quote was from whatever interview was getting done, 84% of them have to come back and do it again. That's where your business comes from. Basically saying that 84% of people at that time who attended Weight Watchers, this is their finance director, so this is a guy who works with the numbers, right? He knows who's coming back and who's not. Who's coming in and leaving and never coming back again and who's coming back time and time again. So he knows what these numbers are. 84% have to come back and do it again. That's where your business comes from. Meaning 84% of people who join Weight Watchers have to come back and do it again because during the time that they're there, they don't learn anything of value. And it's the same across the board. It's how these businesses make so much money. I have worked with countless Slimming World consultants over the year. I have three ex-Slimming World consultants in the group just now. I have two or three ex-Weight Watchers, con uh, Weight Watchers consultants in the group just now. I've worked with dozens and dozens of them over the years. I've had all the insights from everything that goes on, and I know what it's like for these consultants. It is numbers orientated, it is Murray orientated, it is bums on seats orientated. And there are, they have to do so much, um, I want to say marketing, but it's not, it's like flyering or whatever. They have to have so many days where they go to stalls, you know, they have a stall set up at local events. It's not recruitment days, it's something else. Anyway, that's a large part of it. Not only that, getting in touch with old clients is a large part of it. I've had endless clients over the years send me screenshots from Facebook Messenger and from WhatsApp and even emails. Oh, hi. Basically, not seen you at group for a while. Just checking in to say there's no shame in coming back. You'll be welcomed with open arms, blah, blah, blah. Drumming up repeat business getting those bum back, bums back on seats again. And the thing is, the think of it this way, right? Imagine, imagine Slimming World had a, had a, imagine it was the other way around. Imagine they had an 85% success rate. Would it be worth their time contacting every single ex-member I mean, yeah, that's a good example. Let's say um, a, a Slimming World consultant has 1,000 members and 85% of them, there's an 85% success rate. Now, would it be worth that, that Slimming World consultant's time contacting 1,000 people when 850 of them wouldn't need her to contact them, right? It would be an absolute waste of time. Instead, they are told to, to reach out, to get in touch, go back to your past clients, go back to your email list, go back to your phone list, go back to your WhatsApp, go back to your Facebook Messenger, send messages, get in touch with them. It is worth their time doing that with every single person because the success rate is so low. 
So it is far more likely that, you know, 15% of the people they speak to won't need their help, but there's 85% that still do. So it's all about repeat custom, return business, getting people to come back, to pay the same money to the same person, to lose the same weight that they lost with them last time. So circling all this back to the point, why do 80% of diets fail? Because 80% of diets are designed to fail. They are designed to only help you in the short term or in the, in the when it comes to slimming world and Weight Watchers, they are designed to work, if we could use that word, for as long as you are a paying customer. For as long as you for as long as you're going to the group, for as long as you're attached to the plan. And how do they do this? Well, they create nonsense. They create nonsensical plans. I just wrote this in an email today, actually. No, it was a daily post. I wrote it in a daily post today for the group. Take the slimming world principles anywhere in the world with you that isn't the UK. <clears throat> Ask someone how many sins is in something. Ask someone if it's a healthy extra. Ask them if it's a free food. They'll look at you like you're a crazy person. You cannot take it anywhere else in the world apart from Slimming World. Weight Watchers is the same. You can't take points, places with you. These things mean nothing in the real world. They only, ha they only have meaning when they're attached to the plan and for as long as you're following the plan. And that's part of how they trap you. That's part of how they ensure that you fail by making sure that you are not learning anything that you can then go and use and be successful on your own, right? They, we live in a subscription age now, okay? So I, I launched, I've, Monroe Nutrition has always been a subscription-based, a monthly subscription-based service all the way from back in 2018 probably when subscription stuff was kind of taken off. But now, everything is a subscription. Everything. Netflix, Spotify, Gusto, fucking Stitch Fix, clothes, plants, Bloombox, Freddy's Flowers, all this stuff, right? It's all subscriptions. We live in a subscription age. And one thing, one of the main things that people focus on when it comes to subscriptions is customer retention. Now, I can't do that because once you've helped someone lose weight, that's it, right? So I, I, I help someone get to their goal. I help them get up to maintenance. Once they reach a point where they tell me they are confident enough to go alone, we say goodbye and that's it. Hopefully, I don't see them again. So it doesn't really work for me, the whole customer retention thing. But when you think of the way that Slimming World does it, where, okay, you've reached your goal. Now, rather than us send you on your merry way, here's this thing that we're going to do. Out of the kindness of our hearts, we are going to allow you to keep coming to this group for absolute free because we're just so generous. Hopefully by this point, everyone can see through this sort of thing where it's they're keeping you close because the minute you wander away, I think it's, is it three pounds either way? The minute you wander away from your target weight, goal weight, whatever it is, they start charging you again. 
So they're not allowing you to attend for free out of the absolute goodness and kindness of their hearts. It's to keep you close so they can milk you for money again. It is far easier. So there's this um there there's this business saying it's something like it costs you more. I don't know what the saying is, right? But the principle is it costs you more time and money to gain a new client than it does to bring back an old one. And if you think about it, like if you have to, so I I I pay for marketing. I put money behind like three and five pounds a day behind a couple of Instagram posts to reach new people because it brings them to my page. They take a look. They say, oh, this guy's quite interesting. And some of them stay, some of them don't. And some of them will go on to become clients. And it's just a case of me putting myself in front of the eyes of people that could benefit from seeing my stuff and don't know I exist, right? That's what marketing is. It's not sleazy selling or anything like that. It's, well, it shouldn't be. It's letting people know that here I am, this is what I do. I might be able to help you with something you need help with and I exist. That's what marketing is. Uh, and yeah, it's supposed to be easier. You know, that's that costs money to attain a new client versus an old one. So I live in this perpetual state of struggling with attaining new clients. Um, and when it comes to retention, that's not something I can do because when your goal is to help people once and never help them again, you can't enslave people for life. Not that I want to, of course, because that would just put me in the same category as the rest of the diet industry. So, I don't know how I've managed this has got to 25 minutes, probably because I've not done one for a while and I feel like I've got lots to say. Uh, 80% of diets fail, not because 80% of people are failures, it's because people put themselves through diets that are designed to fail. Diets that are designed... Like, someone... I think I did a testimonial recently and I was reading through it and they said that they they signed up to Slimming World for the whatever time and they walked into that first meeting and the first five people they met or the first three people they met, something like that, were the same people they met like 10 years ago or 15 years ago and they just had this moment where they went, what am I actually doing here? If these people are still here and they've been here for however many years, 10, 15 years, then why am I here 10, 15 years later? You know, and it, for them, that was their aha moment. Like, you know, that guy on Instagram's right. I am a slave to the diet industry. I have been brainwashed into believing that this is how I am supposed to manage my weight for the rest of my life. So... The other thing is that when when I work with people inside Clan Monroe and the one-to-one -one group, they'll they'll list their diet history. And this is what really gets me. So they'll have this lengthy what what appears to be a lengthy and complex diet history. And it might look like that. You know, someone might have 15 different things on there. I've tried Slim Fast, Slim and Save, um, Weight Watchers, Slimming World, World, Herbalite, you know, and the list goes on. And, after, you know, they think, I've tried everything. And it's like, no, you've not tried everything. Everything that you've tried on that list is a yo-yo diet. Everything, you, everything on the list of things you've just provided me with has worked beautifully. 
It's done exactly as it was intended. None of these things are designed. You know, slim fast. Drinking shakes for a little while does not stop you, doesn't teach you anything about not gaining weight. Counting sins and free foods and healthy extras doesn't teach you anything about how to live after that. Drink Herbalife, drinking their shakes, what does that, doesn't teach you anything. These things will help you lose weight while you're following them. Some of them will. Uh, but that's, it's just so short-sighted. You need to think about the bigger picture. Um, you know, is this teaching me anything I am now going to go and use in the real world? If I follow this approach, will I still be dieting in 10 years time? So the whole 80% of diets fail thing, don't take too much from it. And remember that the majority of diets are designed to fail. Okay, and the majority of diets need you to fail because if you don't, then you don't come back and you don't spend more money with them. But don't let yourself fall into that trap. You know, if you are listening to this because you're thinking about you know, you're you're trying to break away from that industry. You've been, di- you know, you might be the person that has been dieting for the last 20 years and has tried all of those things in my list and has been to Slimming World and Weight Watchers more times than you care to remember. And hopefully this episode, maybe this is going to be your moment where you say, do you know what? Enough is enough. I am not going to keep giving these people my money because if I keep doing it, I'm going to be, you know, if... If the last, if you've been going to Slimming World for the last 10, 15, 20 years, you will still be going to Slimming World for the next 5, 10, 20 years. What's going to change? Nothing's going to change. It's still the same plan. I think people keep going with this expectation that if you go enough times, one time the weight loss is just somehow going to stay there. It's just somehow going to stick. And that's not it. You are not just going to suddenly make it change. Do you know what? The people that do make Slimming World work, and if I, for some reason, so when I open up my Google Chrome on my phone, it comes up with news stories I might be interested in. So those stories are usually anything to do with F1 and anything to do with weight loss. And I always tap on the weight loss stories because the way that they're written with the clickbait titles, I lost seven stone doing this one thing. You know, and I opened it and this woman stopped drinking wine. With I found, you know, and once you read through it, she was drinking 10 bottles of wine a week. It's fucking such a ridiculous title. Yeah, I did this one thing and it changed my life. What was it? Well, I was a borderline alcoholic and I stopped drinking 10 bottles of wine a week. It's not exactly a life, you know, life-changing advice for every, relatable advice for every person. Or when you do read, when you do read the Slimming World ones, it's like, uh, Jane had battled with her weight for 20 plus years and had been attending Slimming World for some time. But this one thing happened and now she's lost seven stone and kept it off for three years. And you find out that she had cancer or had, you know, and had a health scare. It's like, you know, the, the Slimming World plan didn't change. The person just took their health very seriously and kept going. You know, it's not Slimming World that, changed their life it was the health scare that made them take their their health seriously but because they were following slimming world slimming world loves to slip in there and take all the credit anyway enough about that what am i talking about in the next one because i'm going to record one right after this are you eating enough to lose weight i will be back in a moment with number two because i'm going to upload two of these today